0: 42 Days ethos is to build solutions for hospitality businesses to retain and develop their team. We believe that the first 42 days, the first 6 weeks of someone's employment in any industry, but especially the world of hospitality is so competitive, fast-paced and intense. We have an opportunity to reshape that narrative. Our team has extensive experience in the hospitality industry so we know what it takes to keep your team happy and engaged. We'll work with you every step of the way to create a plan that works best for your business. Go to 42days.co to book a consultation. Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. Principle of Hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We're straight talking, ethically minded, and a reliable online source of information and inspiration for people in the hospitality industry. Now with today's podcast, Nort Non-Alcoholic Beer continues to quench Aussie beer lovers' thirst in the industry-wide sales of non-alcoholic beer growing exponentially. Locally brewed, female founded and proudly Australian owned and brewed, Nort is the only female founded non-alcoholic beer in Australia. It's 100% plant-based and the lowest calorie Australian made non-alcoholic beer in the country. Nort leads the non-alcoholic beer category and the growth continues to be driven by a renewed preference for the sober curious lifestyle. So I feel really fortunate to chat with the CEO of Nort, Jazz Warren, on the podcast. Hey, Jazz, how are you? Oh, thanks, Sean. I don't
1: really need to be. I think you've said it all. (laughs) Really?
0: (laughs) We're pretty much done. That was a really short podcast. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Now, it's fantastic to have you on the program today. As I said to you before the podcast, I've been drinking a lot of Nort for a long time now um, because, one, I love beer and especially, you know, as I said in the intro there, the Sober Curious lifestyle is really important and something that's come up in the last couple of years. So let's talk about how the idea for Nort actually came about and how would you actually describe Sober Curious as an actual term?
1: Mm, Yes. Um, So the story of Nort really comes around, you know, I am the the co-founder along with my husband of Modus Operandi Brewing. Um, So I've been a beer girl for, you know, I've been in on a sheep and wheat farm. So I've always been a bit of a beer girl. That's what we all kind of had out there. Um, And then when we opened the brewery, um, Modus has been known for very hot-forward, high ABV beers. And, you know, we've been awarded uh, Champion Small, Champion Medium and Champion Large breweries. So what happened, that was, you know, we started this in 2014, And I got pregnant in 2018. Right. And being a beer girl, I (laughs) struggled because I couldn't drink beer. And so I did look – I looked at some options. You know, there's a lot of zeros around at that time, um, some of the big international brands. And they were okay, but they really didn't – you know, they didn't quench a thirst. They didn't have that mouthfeel. I I struggled on with the the zero beers. um, But I did kind of – was like, oh, that's an idea. Mm. That's an idea. Um, but then I had my little boy, Arch, and we had the business at Modus was just growing strength to strength. So there was just no way I was going to have a little kid and bring out another brand. Um, but when COVID hit, what we saw at Modus was obviously our sales um, took a little bit of a trajectory up mm. um, because everyone was drinking a little bit more than they probably should have been. <laughs> and um, I'm including myself. Like yes, I don't know me about too. You, but, um, yes. Mm, just for us, you, you know, I think things were uncertain, people were homeschooling, they were working from from home and maybe they'd have a the beer a little bit earlier and then maybe get on the spirits, a bit of cocktails. And <laughs> um, But it was at that point, I went for a walk one morning and I thought, you know what, this is it. This is the time to bring that idea out of the back pocket. Mm. Um, I've been brewing for eight years. I've got a great team around me. I reckon I can bring out a non-out that tastes like beer. So... Um, that happened in May two thousand and twenty. And by September two thousand and twenty, um, it was um, on shelves nationally. So it was a very quick birth, not Wow. It was just meant to happen. So um, that is the story in a nutshell of, of how Nort kind of came to life.
0: Yeah. Now obviously you talked about, you know, you talked about Grant just then and obviously with MODIS and Having, having the brew for, you know, since 2014 and, and obviously being, you know, full Alk all the way, right, and being part of the beer society as you guys were, was it, was it hard to trust your gut that a non-Alk beer would actually punch through the market? Like what was, was it just the fact that, you know, you were you were about to have Arch that you thought, I think I'd really want a non-Alk beer and that's, you just sort of went you know, in your gut feel?
1: Um, I actually thought, like, I'll be really honest, I actually thought, you know what, this is something nice for me just to, um, you know, it's always been Grant and I was like, Oh, this has been something nice for me just to have a bit of a side hustle. Mm. Um, and I thought, but I did kind of back my ability of making a beer that tasted like a beer. So I didn't, to be honest, I didn't think that would have the growth that it has had. Um, so it was a bit more of a gut feel, but I, I could just see, I guess around even in, you know, in the industry, You know, you're in back-to-back, sometimes you're back-to-back networking events, you've got awards, you've got, you're sitting down at a bar having a drink with someone. You know, you can be constantly drinking. Mm. And uh, the amount of people I've spoken into in the industry, just like, oh, you know, it's hard work. And now they, you know, now you can sit down and have a non-hour. It makes such a huge difference. It was a bit of a gut feel. um, And I guess I was just watching everyone around. I think COVID was the biggest thing. I think that was the, probably the biggest the biggest piece in, you know, that we'll look back and go, that was probably the moment that non alk
0: blossomed. Yeah. And you obviously said as well, like it took, it sounds like it took about six months of kind of trial and error to get the product right in 2020. And from what I've talked and talked to people about non-alc products the last couple of years, I know that it's. it actually seems a lot harder to make a non-alc beer or a non-alc spirit or a non-alc wine than it is to make an alcoholic version of the, of the process. So like, how much trial and error was it to actually get that product to where you want it to be?
1: Well, we actually, and this is another benefit of probably having eight years under our belt, um, we actually got it right the first batch. I think that's just because we know that it, when it comes to non-alcoholic beer, there's two differences. There's zero beer, which is brewed like, a which is brewed like a, a, an alcoholic beer, mm. um, and then what they do is they use a mechanical process to strip all the alcohol out and then they add in, uh, you know, additives at the end to get the, the flavour and the aroma and the mouthfeel. Um, but that's why can Zero Beers can taste a little bit artificial. Mm. But the great thing about Zero Beers is they literally are zero. Mm. Um, but with non-alcoholic beer, um, you have to be very careful with the, the malts um, and the yeast that you use. Um, and then you have to be very careful with how it is treated in the bottle and, you know, there can be no re-fermentation that occurs uh, that will automatically create alcohol in the bottle. And we, you know, our brewer, um, Matt Hogan, he has worked in, he's worked in wine and he's worked in beer. So he's he's got a very good hold on kind of um, the chemistry, I guess, of, mm. of beer. It's all good and well to to make a big hoppy alcoholic beer. But when it comes to non-alcoholic, you have to be very careful because, you know, the worst thing you can do, and I've heard it happening in the industry when, you you know, you think you're putting out a non-alcoholic beer, but it's sitting, you know, 2 3%. And that's, if you're pregnant or you're someone that's a recovering alcoholic you can't you know you've got to take it very very seriously we we you know worked with um, a few suppliers just on malts and hops um, yeast and um, we were working with a brewing partner at that time and they really assisted us as well and we were able to kind of turn around literally the first brew and we were like this is perfect and I guess the the biggest thing about Nort is not only that we tried to make it taste as the close as we could to, to alcoholic beer but we also wanted it 99% sugar-free, and, and we wanted it to be one of the lowest out beers in the country. It is currently the lowest non-out beer in the country, which we're really proud of. Um, mm. Nort sits at 49 calories, and it has 99% sugar-free. And that, I can tell you, is not easy. I um bet. So there was a <laughs> lot of work that went into that, yeah. But it, I think people, if you're going to give up um, alcohol, you know, you want the other benefits of it as well. You don't want to be having something that's equivalent to the, you know, to a um, to a soft drink. What's yeah, the point, point? really? That there is, you know, the, if you look at, it's worth looking for some of the non-alcoholics that are quite high up there. But, yes, we were very fortunate to have a, a really great team around us and to be able to bring kind of a concept to shelves within four months um, was, a, was a hell of a ride.
0: Mm. Was there a reason why you did go down the... Completely plant based, completely uh, really, really low calorie kind of beer. Like, was there research sitting behind that that you guys saw? Because you see it a bit in the seltzers, like, seltzers have communicated over the last couple of years about being low cal and all that kind of stuff as well, but you don't really see it in beer other than a couple of the big mm. providers. So, were there, was there some sort of intel that you guys had to make that move?
1: A lot, a lot of the ideas came from gut, but and then. Wasn't a huge amount of data. I think, you know, non-alk in the last two years, there is, there's a lot more data now, and you can pinpoint who is really resonating with your product. And we've just done a huge deep dive um, with a survey, and we've learned a lot. But, you know, back even two years ago, um, we're still ascertaining who was actually resonating with non-alk. What we could see from the States, and, and particularly Europe, I mean, that's where non-alk originates from, mm. um, Germany. Um, you can even see it in some of their marathons where the Erdinger and things like that were. You know, you could tell that's where they were spending their money in the health kind of field. Mm. But yeah, so it was there was little pinpoints like that, and the well-being, you know, the better for you segment is is just growing. From you know, you walk into a grocery store, and what used to be a small organic um, section is now the whole aisle. So there's other little hints in other kind of um, consumer goods where we're like, no, this is a movement. And it's time it was brought to beer, um, and you can see even now in alcoholic beer that there's you know zero carbs, there's mm. um, you know gluten free, and um, but we just thought, look, if people are making the decision to not drink alcohol because they want it for their um, well-being, if it can if it can not have um, sugar and it can be very low cows, then then that's going to be that's going to be someone's decision to take it off the shelf.
0: Mm. Have you have you been surprised since when you first launched the product? Um, the kind of customers who are buying the product now to who were um, first buying the product? Are they the same as what you initially thought would buy?
1: Um, I, yeah, I initially thought that it would be a lot of pregnant women <laughs> just because <laughs> I was in that field. Hasn't been, like hasn't been the biggest take-up with pregnant women as I thought. I think they just give up, you know, I think there is pregnant women out there that do it. But um, no, I've been probably surprised and I'm, I'm sure a lot of the non out producers will say this, just with how many people it is just ordinary people in terms of I, it's not the people that have gone sober completely. There is, there is a lot of those people, but I would say the majority is of the, the balancing people, um, the moderation people. And, they've, you know, they've, maybe they've been sober curious for dry July or October or, mm. or fed fast. And they've gone, oh, that felt pretty good. It was hard, but I feel pretty good. And then what they've gone, you know, I'm just going to take that bit of element and I'm going to run it through the rest of my life. I'm going to thread that through. And now it's, you know, I can't, every barbecue or every plate, every, um, pub I go to, I often see, you know, it's very okay to bring a six-pack of naught to a barbecue or to have it um, at the bar. And just to alternate, and I love it because you know I would still go to lots of beer events where I might be. I really might might want to try an eight percent, um, you know, double IPA, and they are delicious. But then I need to drive home because I've <laughs> got a, I've got some kind of meeting at seven a.m. Or, or I want to go to surf or something. Mm. Um, and I just cannot believe, and that's and that's probably the reports I'm getting back from people. And I get lovely emails just saying, oh, I just had this new lease on life. But I get lot. We get lots. But I would say majority is that it's the it's the balancing the balancing act, and people are just finding a real freedom is that they can still enjoy their hoppy IPAs or their big Barossa Shirazes, and then they might flip over and you know they haven't missed out.
0: Yeah, it it kind of um, I'm curious if anyone's done research against like flexitarians and and so curious people and see if they're in the same sort of ballpark, right? Like the people who are starting to eat less meat. Um, and those kind of things or take out different things food-wise out of their diet and then thinking about non-alcohol, low-alcohol products. I wonder if there's some correlation between that being the same person or coming through. It's quite interesting this happened at the oh, same time. Yeah.
1: Yes. I think that a lot of it, you know, you, um, you'll meet um, maybe some of the older generation be interesting or diabetics. I had a, um, a diabetic man the other day say um, I've been drinking, I won't say which beer it was, but it's a mainstream non-alcohol a mm-hmm. uh, zero beer and he was saying it's full of um, carbs and it just sends my sugars like it actually spikes them yeah, right. and then Norton, he was like it's the only one I can drink where I, I stabilize my sugars mm. um, which that was awesome to hear um, but then there's also you know the older generation where their doctor has said look lay off the meat <laughs> lay off the sugar mm-hmm. uh, and definitely lay off the booze and I got a great email the other day about um, a gentleman that was like um, heading up on a boy surfing trip, and he just said, "Oh my, thank God I was able to take a case up there. Otherwise, I would have just felt really isolated and wasn't part of it. And it's just awesome that I can still join in yeah. and you know be a bloke and have a beer on the beach."
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So we get that's I, uh, that's the interesting thing about being non-alk is that you often um, you get these lovely little stories through, and it's really nice. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Obviously, you know you've got a deliver now a range of delicious products, not just Nort um, by itself. But but you're in Woolworths, you're in Dan Murphy's, you're on a lot of different shelves. What were the steps that you took to actually get this in front of those buyers and actually get it on shelf? Because as we've talked about a couple of times now on the podcast, like the turnaround to actually get it on shelf was very very quick. Did you just mm. use your existing channels that you had with the beer, or was it new people that you had to talk to?
1: Um, no, I think that was the benefit, um, was that we were able to use our existing channels. Um, and I'm a bit of a dog on a bone when I have an idea, I, I just cannot rest. So, um, we, we really came up with the concept very quickly. We had a great kind of, uh, creative proposal and then, you know, a great sell through. We had, a, I was very, it just, I, yeah, it was very amazing to, to be part of and to watch that creation period. Cause it was, it happened all very quickly, but having those existing channels, Helped and I think, you know, the suppliers, they know that we can make good beer, um, that we can market it, that um, you know, that we can supply to them rain, hail, shine.
2: Mm.
1: Is that the right? I just got that wrong. But, yeah, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, <laughs> so they knew that, you know, we could, you know, they could depend on us. And it was, it was a really interesting time because there was really only maybe three, four major um, international suppliers and maybe two or three um, domestic so I feel, I feel like they were very much, you know, they were ready to take something on and they, they could see the data coming out of the US. The US mm. is always a, a great data point for us. Um, and, you know, we were we were fortunate to be a first mover, which always helps in any category, especially the beer category, which is, you know, it, it can be flooded at times.
0: Yeah, I bet. Is it a bit... I, I reckon when you started this journey in 2014, yourself and Grant wouldn't have thought that you would have a beer on shelf... In you know somewhere like Woolworths or Coles, right? Like it must be pretty, <laughs> it must be pretty amazing to see it on shelf in that way.
1: It is. It's 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 great. Like it's very exciting walking. I mean, yeah. There's one. There's there's a there's one element of seeing it on a, um, a liquor shelf, and that's great. I think. But we're used to that. But but walking down the aisle and seeing it in an aisle, it's very exciting. And I think that's the amazing thing about non alk It opens up a lot of opportunities for ranging. Um, anything from, you know, we've been in pe- we're in petrol stations, we're in um, fast food takeaways, we're in, you know, it can be in the aeroplanes, you can, um, the event opportunities, for example, this weekend we've been at the um, Blackmore Sydney Marathon, we were able to hand out, oh, we handed out five pallets, that's a lot of beer. Whoa, that's of, a lot of beer. Um, <laughs> of, that's a lot of beer. Of icy cold nought, to, um, they had thirty-eight thousand runners come across that line. Wow! Um, and it was a little bit overwhelming, actually. <laughs> people was being like picked at by like um by uh, <laughs> it was like hot hot chips and the seagull. Um, but it was very exciting, and it was that is a great thing about non because because you can be part of these great events because there's no licensing restrictions, mm. um, and people were really resonating with it. Um, actually, at the, at the at the marathon, so that was great fun. Um, yeah, so we're, I think it's kind of really blown our mind just with the potential um, of all the places that this product can sit. Are
0: you guys just going with a sort of um, a retail-first strategy at the moment? Like are you going to an on-prem strategy as well, like into kegs or anything like that?
1: Kegs is really, um, it's a little difficult because of the glycol lines. It, um, you know, oh, because it's right. got no alcohol on it, it freezes. Yeah, right. So, um, there's some interesting R&D around that that we, we're working on. We currently have it in our venues at, um, or we currently have it at one venue in our Modus Merryweather venue. Mm-hmm. Um, when we built that, we knew that we would um, have naught. So, that flows beautifully and it's really, Everyone really loves it because they can have a um, pint or a schooner of beer and no one knows what it is. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of opportunity there. And I think that's some of the recent um, uh, survey kind of data that's coming back is that people have a lot of um, choice off-prem. There's, you know, there's RTDs, there's wine, there's beer, um, and there's from like smaller producers, are mm. uh, quite boutique, whereas on on-prem there's been a lot of feedback that there's just not enough opportunity yet Mm -hmm. i think the cocktails seem to be um probably the best performing and the best offered for but when it comes to beer they might have one style and you know as as craft beer or even beer drinkers you want to be able to float through a couple of styles so i think there is still a lot of work um for on-prem and that's something that you know that we're focusing on the moment and it's just about i guess that education piece about yeah people really will buy this and in fact, it's not taking away from your alcohol sales; it's a it's an add-on to a traditional purchase, mm. and so that is just taking a lot longer than I guess the off off-prem side.
0: Yeah, it's all about just education, isn't it? Really. Like I remember, in when I was in my twenties a while ago now, but like and going out with my dad, and he'd have like a. Um, Uh, a low alk beer or something like that and you'd almost, you know, take the piss out of him for doing that, like, you know, because Mm -hmm. he had to drive or whatever. And now, like, the mood has just shifted where I'd imagine if people go out for a couple of pints and they are driving or whatnot and they can – they want to stay for another beer but they obviously can't have any more boo, like proper – sorry, proper alcohol, full-strength alcohol, then they can sit around and have non alk for another round and that's just better for – Better for the venue, better for them. Like, just builds connection. It's a good thing.
1: Exactly. Mm. Yeah, they're just. That's the thing. It's the freedom and that um, ability to just get a little bit more out of out of your session, or you know, it's it's it all matters. Yeah. It all matters. You to, know, when you're catching up with a mate you haven't seen for a long time, and they're sitting around and they keep drinking, you want to you want to be there as well. Yeah. Um, and that's that's been something really interesting in our venues um, and. That's what I love about having the brew pub venues—is that you get to see people interact with your product, and um, I'm, I'm always amazed every time I go down there. There's always a couple of naught on people's tables, mm. um, and there's just—and they, they get it in the bottle. They don't even need to have it on tap. They're just like, "No, this is fine. I'm not embarrassed, and this is who I am," and off I go. Off you go. Um, and it's yeah, and, and we and we made a real effort this year having that data back around um, on-prem. You know, we really amped up all of our wines, all of our cocktails, all of our beers, um, and people. Yeah, they we had great feedback, just going, "Thank you." I feel, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, those those dry months can be a little bit isolating, and I don't want to go out. And mm. um, but socializing, you know, it's very important. Yeah, it doesn't alcohol and socializing do not need to go hand in hand? And you know, I know I've been in I've been in the alcohol industry for eight nine years now, and it's they they don't always have to go hand in hand.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Now. You know, in all the research I've done um, about yourself, Jazz, and and obviously about um, Modus Modus Brewing as well, like you guys are really independent, like fiercely independent as a beer brand. What are you thinking about the large scale buyouts that are happening in the beer industry at the moment? Because it's 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 a very interesting time, I think, for the bev- for the alcoholic beverage market in the fact that there's a lot of amalgamation happening. There's a lot of great craft that's coming through but then a lot of bigger brands that are coming through and taking that. What's your sort of thoughts on where you guys want to head?
1: Ooh, independence. Yes. Well, look, it has, it's something we're pretty passionate about and have been from the start, you know, and independence for us, it keeps us creative, nimble, and like it allows us to bring ideas like naught to fruition very quickly. So for us, it's just, it's, uh, it gives us a lot of freedom and, you know, we, we wouldn't have been able to open this. We're in this beautiful... I'm sitting in this beautiful facility in, in Newcastle, and, uh, you know, we've been able to pour a lot of money and love into this place um, because we can. We can make every single choice, and it is it is really rewarding. Mm. Um, but, you know, the, the, the craft beer industry in particular, um, uh, non-alcoholic stage, is still... You know, there's still a little bit of room there, but the non the, the craft beer industry is, you know, is very competitive at the moment. And I can see why, you know, some some breweries just go, oh, I'm out. This is just, you know, yeah, it yeah. is hard. It's hard work, um, especially when you're dominated by two global companies that can take 90%, 95% of tap share. Mm. Um, it can be a really hard slog. Mm. Um, and, you know, then need things to get hit by COVID. And, you know, it's been a really hard time. So I think you, and I've already started seeing it, you're going to see breweries, sale. Um, you've already seen a couple of sales this year, mm. um, with people just going, you know, I, I, I've done my best, but I, you know, and I really honour that as well. Like some people, you know, sometimes brands do need a grandmother or grandfather figure to take over, and those big, those big global companies, they'll take you in and they can put you in places that you never ever imagined. Mm. Um, and you know, you've got to respect that, and you know, it is, it's tiring, it's hard work, especially with. Um, you know, there's people that come in with a hell of a lot of money that, you know, maybe aren't so passionate about beer, but they're probably pretty passionate about the bottom line. Mm. And it's, you know, it's hard to compete when someone's got, you know, a two million marketing budget and you've got something far less. <laughs> yes. Um, it's really hard, but look, we're really, really proud of what we've been able to achieve. And, you know, we haven't grown as fast as some of the bigger guys because they've had more investors, more, or you know, um, uh, takeovers and things like that but you know we still really enjoy doing it and and you know but i at, at the same time you would hate for anyone to be in a business and they weren't enjoying themselves and it was taking a toll on their health and their family life so yeah um, i think i think it'll be really interesting in the next 5 years um, to watch how you know how it, how it evolves the craft beer industry
0: mm in in saying that with obviously an independent brand like you guys have like and so much competition across the board um such broader competition as well is uh, different segments but didn't exist you know including yours like how do you make sure that nort actually stands out on shelf or in prem in bottle and can like is it is it something like you just constantly think about evolution of the brand and how it needs to look on shelf and and that kind of stuff because i've noticed that you've have also increased the range of naught the last little bit as well to increase more vari- um, more varieties and that kind of stuff as well. It's just really interesting how you guys are evolving.
1: Yeah, I think it's – it's well, it's been really – and we're, we're still rel- – well, we're kind of old hands in the crafting industry, but we're really not. We're only eight years old, you know. Yeah. But from where we started in 2014, the industry has changed so much. It was, you know, 2014, it was all about the liquid. It was just liquid, liquid, liquid. You did not – I don't think we even put our – um, hand in our pocket for marketing for probably five years, um, and it was incredible that it, just because there was a lack of probably you know that um, there just wasn't that many breweries and you know those big hoppy ABV um, and you know awards would get you a long way as well. Whereas now you do you've got the, those the big two international companies and you've got some really big independents as well that are you know backed by some serious you know serious money um, mm. and serious influences and things like that. So. I feel like marketing, you know, the whole industry is so focused on marketing at the moment. Um, if you do not have a good marketing team, it's really, really hard just to rely on yep. Um And I guess that's with any, you know, I think we're just, we're just maturing as an industry with any FMCG business that's going to happen. But I think craft beer, you know, really started in the cradle and now it's, um, you know, we're growing up and we have to be a fully faceted business. We have to be good at everything. Um, and I think the you know the other thing with Nort, which has been quite interesting, is sponsorships. So there's you know there's a lot of things you can do on social and EDMs, and but at the end of the day, it's it's getting people to emotively feel about feel something about this beer. So you know, for example, on the weekend, you know those thirty eight thousand runners to be able to hold it, you know, after 42 kilometres or some of the half marathon. Yeah, they were absolutely killing for a cold beer and I'm sure that will that will stay with them for some while. So I think it's kind of thinking outside the box now about how you can engage with your customer where it's not flooded, you know, the, the beer festivals, There's you know, you can be at a beer festival where there's 500 people and there might be 30 breweries. Um, so you've got to be really, you know, we've been very careful with where we go to how we can have most of the share of voice, and um, but it is—it's an ever-changing industry at the moment, and you've really got to have your finger on the pulse. Mm.
0: Do you think about Do you think about the actual bottle, the bottle design, and can can design like a lot? Like I imagine you must be visiting, especially somewhere like Dan Murphy's, which has so many different varieties, and looking at your product against other products in the market, and thinking how it can pop and stand out and create more attention just just by way of look.
1: Yeah, well, I think, and I'm talking about naught right now, but we, we, um, we made the decision, well, I made the decision that um, we had the option, it was like, all right, do we want to go in bottles, do we want to go in cans? And, you know, being from craft beer industry, it's like, well, you put it in cans, that's what happens. Mm. But I just thought, ooh, with non-alc, I'm just feeling that there's something about glass, there's something traditional, you know, that you get it out, it's cold in your hand, mm. you have this ceremonial moment of popping that lid off you know, your lips on that cold piece of glass. It's a real, it's a very traditional um, way of drinking. Mm. And I just thought, look, if I remove the alcohol as well, I still want them to be able to feel like they're really enjoying a drink. Whereas can, it could be a soft drink, you know? Mm, So that was, it was really something for me that I'm like, no, I'm going to come out with the bottles. And look, it was much harder. It's much more expensive. Um, We've now created this beautiful state-of-the-art facility, but we've had to go and get a, very expensive bottling line from, um, from Italy um, because we made that decision. Mm. So, but I, I think it's those decisions that can set you apart. Um, whereas, you know, a lot of the craft brewers that are coming out, you know, they already have a canning line, so to put a non-alc into a can, that makes sense. But um, I think you, there's this, for me, I always just try and go, okay, what is the one point of difference? Um, and if you have more than one, that's great. I think we've got the low-cal, the sugar-free and in the bottles and um, I feel like if you've got three unique selling points, uh, that's a very good place to start.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Are you thinking about, um, are you guys going to do any collaborations with any kind of brands or, or anything like that? Sort of moving forward, you know how in uh, the full alcoholic beer market, like there's a lot of collaborations which happen between breweries or between other products that come into that particular beer. Are you guys thinking about doing that, especially because you're you're almost pitched in this kind of, this sober curious health kind of angle like is there any kind of collaborations that you're thinking about that which are a bit different
1: yeah i think um, don't let go of all my secrets oh, of but, course um, not. <laughs> no no but um i think there's a lot to do with food i feel like food you know because often food is associated with drinking and yep. but you know even that preparation moment you know when you always go to grab a glass of wine mm. and it can be actually that moment that starts you drinking all night yes whereas if you just grabbed a naught or a non out whatever you want to drink uh, whatever non-alc beer or, or um party day or whatever but if you had just made that decision then you wouldn't have ended up drinking a bottle of wine or a few beers so i feel like there's there's something around food preparation and and enjoying food um and it yeah, and I feel like there's there's particular flavours in Nort. So there's something around there that I find quite interesting. Mm. Um, but, you know, I guess our biggest collaborations at this stage have been we've done the two marathons, we've done Gold Coast, we've done Sydney Marathon, um, we've been invited to a few triathlons. So ours seem to be more based around events at the moment and mm. the kind of owning that moment after you finish where you want to reward yourself, but you're not quite ready for a beer yet because you've just done <laughs> massive effort. But you wanna you wanna reward yourself with a moment, um, so I, I feel like that's very much our uh, where we're heading at the moment is just that that moment after a you know a big exertion, um, whether that's cross riding, surfing, um, uh, running, triathlons. There's look there's endless options.
0: I love it. That's really strategically smart. Final question to you, Jazz. Like, what are you guys looking forward to in the future? Like, you're obviously. Kicking it at the moment, uh, two years into this brand, and it's absolutely dominating in this space from what I can see. And I definitely enjoy the product so much. What are you guys looking forward to in the future?
1: Oh well, look, we are. I guess the most exciting thing is that we, you know, we have been partner brewing for some time, um, and we just because we just couldn't um, facilitate that kind of liquid, that kind of volume out of our Monovale premises. Mm. But we have literally just finished um, <clears throat> finishing our very um, state-of-the-art facility in Newcastle, Merriweather, um, and we were really fortunate to receive a $1 million grant from the federal government nice. last year, um, which has gone towards this amazing, it's 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 the first one of its kind, bottling slash canning line. So we're pretty excited to get that up and running and, um, you know, play around a little bit because mm. um, we haven't, you know, with contract brewing, you can only do very big batches, whereas this will allow us to play around with some... Um, NPD, nice. which is um, pretty exciting. And then, yeah, we've got a few export opportunities, um, a few more interesting ranging opportunities. So uh, there's there's plenty to do, but, you know, we, we also have a very, uh, you know, we've got a, a family of brands, That Nought's very much my brand, but we've also got Modus, which is just about to come out with a rebrand. We've got Modus Cerveza, um, which is kind of our big summer beer. And then cool. we've got um, Perky, which is a seltzer, so it's, you know, to look after all those four babies, <laughs> um, everyone's got to have their love. So, yeah, we've, we've certainly given ourselves a big project.
0: Mm. Well done. <laughs> it's um, fantastic to see how the brand is growing and, and how you're heading this up. I think it's um, really strategically smart from an outsider's perspective and I really tip my hat to you and how you've, how you've gone after this market. It's definitely very much needed. And thank you for bringing a product which um, I can actually drink and feel like I'm actually drinking a proper beer, a full-strength beer, still a proper beer. I've got to change that terminology. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jazz, what's the best way that people can find out more about Nort and uh, and buy some for themselves?
1: Sure. So, uh, nort.beer, it's a very easy website. Um, and then we're across Woolworths, Coles, BWS, Dan Murphy's Liquorland, uh, vintage sellers uh, miss, miss someone some be in trouble but pretty much any bottle shop you'll go to you'll you'll find us or any grocery store um, yeah we're pretty easy to find
0: perfect as always linked up in the show notes of this podcast so you can get some naught in your hand pretty soon Jazz Warren thanks so much for your time
1: thanks so much Sean I really appreciate it cheers <laughs>
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Principle of Hospitality. Hope you really enjoyed that one, especially as we're talking about really important things in the market, which are really changing like non alk So I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. You know, we're making this content with the industry in mind. So we really appreciate you sharing it along. If you don't know us a Poe, Sash, my co-founder from Principal Design, has one of the best design agencies in Australia. So if you're looking for anything around strategy, branding, digital design, wayfinding, graphic design, you can find them at principledesign.com.au and myself at 42 Days as we develop the people systems to make sure your people enjoy their first six weeks of working with you. You can find out more at 42days.co. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. And until next time, stay safe, everyone. days ethos is to build solutions for hospitality businesses to retain and develop their team. We believe that the first 42 days, the first six weeks of someone's employment in any industry, but especially the world of hospitality is so competitive, fast-paced and intense. We have an opportunity to reshape that narrative. Our team has extensive experience in the hospitality industry So we know what it takes to keep your team happy and engaged. We'll work with you every step of the way to create a plan that works best for your business. Go to 42days.co to book a consultation.